Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeper. Last, we left the Jank Squad. They were in a bit of a bind, quite literally, because their limbs were bound, and their eyes were... I was going to say the eyes were gagged. The eyes were blinded. There was a blindfold over their, their head. They had bags. They couldn't see where they were going because the Ice Hunters, the Clan of Orc that lived in the north captured them in the night not only the jank squad but the entire crew of the frost skimmer and took them back to the iceberg in question as they traveled up malamara was given respect and deference and was not blindfolded like the rest of the crew due to her orc heritage which seemed to not please her uh, to have it acknowledged so blatantly and this continued on as they were ushered through the orc village where there were huts uh, wooden structures that had been built on top of this iceberg the plateau of it at the very top and they met the matron introduced herself as ghoul and ghoul brought malamara to the back room leaving the jank squad with the rest of the frost skimmer and described to her the horrors of what she had seen through vision as she shared their relationship with Malamara's tribe and the other tribes in the spine of the world. But on that fateful day where Malamara's tribe was wiped out, Ghoul said it was not the orcs that destroyed her tribe, but ravenous demons led by Air 2 himself. And as Malamara came to this realization that Air 2 was the one that led her village to destruction, she collapsed with the news. And that is where we joined the Jinx Squad this week. So Fleeple and Lance, both of you were brought to the crew of the Frost Skimmer, and uh, you are still bound technically, and there are about a dozen orcs in here probably actually quite close to two dozen who just wanted to see what was going on and the captain turns to you and goes I'd, I don't think we're getting out of here anytime soon and I certainly don't feel confident in um, being able to break out and uh, attack these individuals without any weapons of our own but you two you're, you're, you're the adventuring kind uh, do you have any ideas do you have any thoughts how we might be, be able to play this I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, Fleeple, but I'm like really craving like a fish taco or something. I'm wondering if they have like those kind of things up here. I, I assume they're fisher people. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm kind of hungry. Yes, uh, we could certainly ask if we can get some room service here. But you see, my, my dear, dear half-faced friend, uh, Lance might have said in a previous life, you gotta know when to hold them and when to fold them. Sure, sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, cowboy phraseologies aside. Oh, we're, okay. Yeah, okay, now okay. we get it. Now we now get we got, it. We got, we got the day. Well, I was like, I, I kind of, I connect. I was like, I, I mean, I was at a gambling establishment for a while, so maybe I said it there, but now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, now we've made the connection. All we right. did it. We got it. So, yes, I turn back to Larushta and I say, now, 
here's the situation. We're trying to get to this dragon, and I'm pretty sure that these people are just going to take us straight to the dragon. I would prefer us not being tied up, though, being taken to the dragon. But I, I, I think I get what you're saying, Fleepo. Maybe we could use it to our advantage. Yes, you're a sneaky sort, I'm a shenanigy sort, and Malamara can probably just break out of whatever bonds they put her in. A hundred percent, yes. Yeah, unless she's, like, knocked unconscious or something, but that rarely happens. Yes, and I mean, in the theoretical eventuality that maybe Malamara is, like, ingratiating herself to the orcs and becoming allied to them, maybe the orcs can help us to uh, perhaps you know, sneaky our way in. Maybe they put the ropes around us, but don't actually tie the knots very tight. You know, we can use that to our advantage, perhaps, in the theoretical event that maybe yes. Malamara yes. is somehow going through some great personal growth and discovering <laughs> that maybe these orcs can actually be our friends. I would hope so, but, I mean, she's held that, I mean, that that stance for so long. It'd have to be, like, a dramatic, dramatic realization. Yes, yes, you're probably right. This isn't going to work at all. Yeah, yeah. Very dramatically, at this moment, <laughs> the chieftain runs into the room and she yells uh, in Orcish, uh, which Lance, you obviously knowing Orc, can understand. Bring, bring the adventuring party quickly. Now, something has happened with our sister. And so with that, the Orc standing over you grabs you, cuts both of your binds, and goes, Go! You are needed. The matron needs you. Something's happened to Balamara. Yes, we should definitely be on our way. I've got plenty of healing spells ready to go. I've got my ritual of mistletoe, whatever she needs. Yes, let's go, let's go. As you run into the chieftain's uh, matron's back room, um, you see a lot of things Balamara saw, obviously. A lot of uh, fine furs, uh, pretty stereotypical typically see of a uh, clan, roaming clan um, but a lot of ornate skulls and like bones that are carved but the thing that draws your attention is Mal laying on a oversized bed for her uh, which appears to be the matron's bed as her eyes are wide open staring into the ceiling and just not moving an inch she collapsed upon the news I shared with her about her tribe. Please, come help me, Inspector. Yes, of course. I run over to the bed. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I've got Cure Wounds. I've got Healing Word. I've got, I had no Sanctuary. That probably wouldn't do anything. Can I do... Why don't you run over and roll... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I was just saying I want to roll a check seeing something, but I'm not sure exactly what to roll. Well, Fleeple, um, since you're officially a cleric, why don't you go and roll a medicine check or a religion check on Malamara? Ooh, boy. Definitely going to go with religion on that one. That's an eight. Going to use a luck point. Oh, okay. That's a 15. 15. You run over and you're going through spells. You're like, Kerwoons, Mistletoe. Like, you, you're going through a lot of the basics. You, you're grabbing your Mistletoe and you're, like, shaking it over her face and, like, down her arms. And as you do, the matron actually comes over to you and kneels down. And she goes, You commune with the nature. Is that right? Uh, yes, I've been doing it for quite a long time, actually. Hmm. Then we are, in a sense, kin, you and I. 
as she pulls out a similar uh, iconography of, of like not a branch necessarily but a carved bone with a couple symbols on it that she is starts muttering under her breath uh she seems to be of the druidic sort as well hey look at that an actual druid this time i'm gonna give her a fist bump <laughs> she as as you you just do it offhandedly and you actually like bump her arm and she like looks down at your like very tiny fist and she just shrugs it off as she's like focusing and muttering under her breath but with your 15 you are are going through like okay what type of ailment is this this was so dramatic and you you don't hone in necessarily on your druidic power you hone in on your clerical religious power you feel emanating from malamara an illness that is of the soul and of the spirit and with a 15 it's almost as if you're able to see the dark magic that malamara uses whether it's eldritch blast whether it's the black sickly red and purple that sucks people down to the uh, uh, underneath the earth you're able to see that almost like coursing through her body as this aura it's faint for you but it's so strong emanating from her that you're able to pick up on that and as you're examining her body from foot to head with this aura you see her eyes are just red and as you you look at her eyes her head just to you fleeple seems to turn and just her eyes get wider and like fire starts to like burn through them and you like close your eyes and back away but her head hasn't moved she's just staring straight up to the ceiling Hmm, sanctuary might not actually be that bad of an idea after all. <laughs> Filippo, do, do you know what's what's wrong? What's wrong with that? Lance is just, like, snapping. Like, trying to, like, get her to blink, trying to get her out of there, clapping. I, what's happening? What's happening? She's been overtaken by her patron, I believe. Lance will turn to the leader, the orc leader, and be like, What, what did you, what were you talking about? What did you tell her? Very sorrowfully, uh, the matron, still kneeling down, goes, She had an immense amount of blame for our tribe, for destroying her village and her way of life. Her village was destroyed some time ago, and she believed it was us, the wandering band of orcs in the spine of the world that had destroyed and wiped them out. I brought truth to her. I shared what I knew of the experience of how we were friendly with their tribe once upon a time. But on that fateful day, I saw darkness and violence from a creature which I can only can describe as a monster. She had recognition in her eyes as I spoke, and it affected her in her mind, as you can see. Beyond that, I know not what else I had done. While they're having this conversation, I'm going to grab my platinum pendant to Bahamut and say a quick prayer and say, canst thou not minister to a mind diseased, Bahamut? 
and I'm going to cast Dispel Magic at fourth level on Malamara. Before you cast the spell, Fleeple, I want you to roll me another religion check. Okay, feel very religious today. That's a two. I'm going to spend a luck point. (laughs) Okay, that's a five. Plus five is ten. I feel like this is another luck point kind of moment. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Come on, baby. Come on. And that's exactly the same. That's a ten total. (sighs) Ten total. Ten is what you needed, actually. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Spent two luck points on it. Yeah, yeah you made him, you made him do that. <laughs> no, I did it of my own free will. Malamara is worth three luck points. There you go. There you go. Oh. Friendship. I mean, to describe the luck points, Fleeple, you go to her and you you start muttering this spell, and it's almost as if the aura is repelling you, as you are reaching out mentally, spiritually there's a shroud in this room around Malamara, which you knew. You knew there was a shroud. You knew that there was darkness, but it seems to be growing and almost like it's expanding past Malamara. And so the first time you mutter the prayer and you have to push further and you push firmer. And just as you're about to cast the spell, you reach down to Malamara and there's another hand that reaches lays on top of yours before you cast the spell and you look over and it is Bahamut in fist band form ooh baby and you look behind and Lance and Ghoul are frozen in time and as you look at Malamara her face with the aura and the eyes are burning looking at you with hate and fire flowing from them but she also appears to be frozen in time Bahamut smiles at you. Hello, my follower. It's been a while. How you been doing? <laughs> I've been well, Fleeple. Thank you. I have see that things are quite interesting for you and your party lately. Yes, uh, really interesting for Malamara right now. Uh, I mean, I have magic that can dispel other hexes or incantations, but I don't have magic that can heal a broken heart. It's going to be a rough journey for Mal based on what she's just discovered, uh, as I've been told by our friend here. And as you speak, Bahamut looks down at her with this sorrow in his face. I feel that her soul is very, very lost right now. She has succumbed and given in to darkness, almost wholeheartedly, that when she discovered what she was giving into, it shocked her. Philippe, <sighs> you find yourselves in the most interesting of situations. Yes, that's, uh, it's my lot in life, I suppose. I, I mean, quite incredibly, I have um, followers who have been following me for quite literally thousands of years, some of them, and, uh, only a handful of those, well, there are only a handful of those, uh, but only a handful of my big followers have experienced what you have experienced in just mere months. It's truly remarkable. As he looks down at you out of the corner of his eyes uh, with a 
little smirk and a smile on his face as a canary uh, perches on that shoulder, seemingly to pop out of his collar. Uh, it seemed to have come from nowhere, but it just chirps uh, sweetly and kindly towards you. Well, I have cast in my lot with these people, and they also have gone through some really interesting things. I, I suppose when you get three people with very complex and tormented backgrounds together, you're bound to run into some crazy stuff. But, uh, you know, you, you said almost that she'd almost wholeheartedly succumbed to the darkness. And if you ask me, that means there's still a part of her that's left. I agree. It's faint and is almost being eaten alive by the darkness spreading throughout her. And I fear if we don't do something, that darkness will take control and there will be nothing left of your friend that you knew as Malamara, and only a vessel for the one that she served. Ooh, don't like that. That sounds bad. Um, let's... Is, is there, can we stop that? I mean... I, um... That's kind of why I'm here. I wished to help you. And uh, although I can't do it myself, I can... I can impart what I can upon you, as much as your mortal frame can uh, withhold, at least, <laughs> uh, to help pull her out. And I can help guide you to that small part of her so we can work together and bring her back. I will accept your guidance any day. My friends have been accepting it for quite some time. I'll warn you, the power I impart is um, not to be taken lightly. It's volatile, strong, um, but could overwhelm if held on too long and if not careful. Do you accept? I uh, reach up and kind of flap up to his height and I pat him on the shoulder and say, I got this sport. <laughs> he sort of like cups your face and goes, you've got this sport. And as he says that, power surges through his hand as platinum white light sears into your body, Fleeple, and you have to you arch your back and your head reaches for the sky as your arms extend as there's just this immense amount of power that is coursing through you. And you have what I will call the Blessing of Bahamut. So, what the Blessing of Bahamut will allow you to do are the following. One, at any point you can take a luck point in this next uh, exchange, so to speak, encounter that you will be occurring for you. But every luck point that you take, um, you will need to make a check, which will increase the more luck points that you take on. So it will be the check that will be made will be harder and harder to maintain the power of Bahamut surging through you before it overwhelms your senses. And what kind of check is that going to be? I believe I determined it was a religion check. It might be a saving throw, but I think religion is what I had settled on. I will get my notes in a little bit and verify that. All right. Second, you are thematically allowed to enter Malamara's mind, soul, whatever it may be, to assist her, to find her, search for her, but it will be a search and it will be, it will require creativity, uh, the role-playing and the skills 
that you might uh, encounter uh, in a normal dungeon crawl, but without the map and the uh, normal aspects of a dungeon crawl. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and um, uh, while you have uh, Bahamut's blessing imparted on you, which may not be relevant in this instance, all healing or holy damage that you uh, will be doing uh, is automatically automatically max damage. Wow! But every spell that you do that require that will impart healing or impart a holy magic will also go to that DC that I mentioned in step one, making it harder for you to maintain, overcome because the power of Bahamut will just get more like fill fill your vessel more and more and more if that makes sense mm-hmm. great uh those are the three things all right uh sounds like it's time to pop inside mal's brain for a bit yeah as you um uh, lance as you are standing outside not standing outside as you are talking to ghoul all of a sudden fleeple just goes and his hands just are outstretched and his head arches back and holy light just fills his body and you uh, you, you jump back with Ghoul as Ghoul raises her staff and shields her face. You look and it's a... Uh, you temporarily see an individual standing next to Fleeple with his hand cupped on his face. As that individual starts to fade, they turn and look at you lance and they sort of give you a small salute as they fade away as you hear the chirping of canaries uh and fleeple you are just glowing this almost avatar state basically all right uh am i able to converse with lance and ghoul in this moment yes you are you uh you feel the this overwhelming sense of power though and it's it's uh, almost like black adam from marvel but yes you are able to converse with them for a time all right now based on this uh information you're giving me i'm assuming i can't bring lance into mal's brain with me ah. as you go over to lance and you touch him Yes, you can. You can bring Lance. You can, but uh, the DC will increase slightly because you have to share and like you have to impart more of Bahamut. So the DC will increase slightly if you bring Lance with you. But yes, you can bring him. All right. I speak to Lance and I say, we go on a search, my companion. You have better eyes than I. Your skill and ingenuity will be of great service as we embark to find the portion of Malamara's soul that remains untainted by the darkness. And I turn to Ghoul and say, we'll be right back. And Ghoul just whispers under her breath, by all the druidic gods. And she just slowly backs away from you. <laughs> and before I bring Lance with me, I say, not the druidic gods. Just the one god that matters, and that's a comet, <laughs> baby. Gosh, wait. <laughs> and I, Lance is just so taken aback by this crap. Lance is going to be like, oh, yes. Holy. Oh, my gosh. Yes, just. Can you give me a second? I, uh, I give him a second. Lance will kind of walk up to kind of the bed, which I assume we're going to anyway with Fleeple. And. While Fleeple's kind of standing back with Gould, who's probably just giving him the total side eye, like, holy crap. Lance is just going to, like, kind of sit down on the bed next to Malamara and just be like, we need you to get out of this. 
something's going on with Fleeple. <laughs> it's kind of scary. I just... I'm sorry, but I just need an insurance policy. And as he's, like, talking and doing this, Lance is going to, sleight of hand, take the Demonomicon. <gasps> oh, boy. Okay, go ahead and roll sleight of hand. That is a 21. Is there any uh, chance he could have taken the wrong one? <laughs> that's true. You do have two <laughs> on you. That's fair, because there are two of them. He could totally f- take the right one, and it's fine. I just realized. I was like, oh, I have two. I'll roll. I'm sure he'd feel the difference. So I rolled. And uh, Fleeple, you are just so empowered with this holy light. And you're like, I'm on a mission. That Lance, you are able to slip the Demonomicon out. And uh, you put it in your pocket. And you're like, all right, let's go. Okay. And I'm going to... This is the wrong one, Thomas. I quit. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take Lance by the hand and say... You got the sport, and I'm going to pull him into Malamara's soul with me. All it looks like is uh, all of a sudden both of you are like holding each other's arm, or Fleeple's holding your arm, and Fleeple, you just touch Malamara's forehead with uh, your claw, just and as soon as you touch it, you disappear from the room, and we jump in to Malamara's soul. Which, we're going to jump to Mal right now. Mickey, let me ask you, what is Mal? What does his soul look like? Thinking of. <laughs> uh, ignoring what ignoring what Fleeple and Lance are doing right now. But what it, where does Mal's mind go when her mind breaks? When her mind is broken and when she realizes this betrayal, where does her mind go? For the time being, with the idea that she's kind of at the center of a maze of consciousness the epicenter of her psychotic break Mal is kneeling in the snow facing the sword and the sword is not stuck in the ground it is floating above her not above her but in front of her and it's pulsating with the magic of air too and around her is just falling ash And she can feel behind her the heat and see the shadows of flame behind her. She's gone back to that moment of mourning her family with a totally new context. She's in a totally different place. But unless narratively Air 2 does something, that is just she's frozen in that moment of trying to reconcile the hatred she had for orcs because of where she was in that moment and blaming the orcs and now realizing that it was this patron that she has now spent so much time with and pledged fidelity to and has been carrying the very blade that could have killed her grandparents. And so she's just frozen in this moment until something else acts upon her to take her out of it. And as you are kneeling and just breathing shakily and uh, you just are holding yourself against the cold the cold outside and the cold inside your soul as you feel for your heart and it feels as if your heart's not even there like you don't have it's not even present there's just noises going across your mind 
the noises of screams that you imagined, the noises of battle, the noises from your childhood of children teasing you, of you yelling about orcs and you yelling to Lance about how orcs aren't people. And um, all of that with the undertone. And all you hear is Air 2 breathing as the undertone. Just every so often, but you push it out as you're just maintaining control. That's where Mal is. Lance, Fleeple, you pop into Mal's soul. And this is where I will need a first religion check from you, Fleeple. Mm-hmm. It's a 10. 10. Great. You feel the surge of Bahamut's power course through your veins as you realize that you are both physically yet not physically present in this state. This doesn't seem to be a part of the material world, yet Malamara is part of the material world, but her soul goes beyond. And the power that has been imparted upon you from Bahamut seems to allow you to peel back the layer of reality that allows you to pierce through and enter Malamara's soul to assist her. And as you look around, you don't feel that you are, and it doesn't seem to be much different from where you currently are at in the real world. There is snow, icebergs here, the sun is shining, and you seem to be alone for the time being. And you, Fleeple and Lance, look at each other. Fleeple's still glowing with this intense light, has diminished slightly, but it is still bright, a bright beacon amongst the snow here, Lance. Wow. <laughs> yes, yes. We So somewhere here within Malamara's mind and soul is the portion of her that is not yet completely consumed by air two. We just need to go find it. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that... Of course, that makes sense. Yeah, why, why, of course, yes. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's God's stuff, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Psst, easy, easy. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, yeah, let's uh, look around and see if we can find anything that will direct us towards Mal, I suppose. Great. As you look around, you see in your immediate surroundings, it is all white, but there does seem to be a perimeter as Fleeple with your impeccable eyesight. You see further beyond, there seems to be a perimeter where the snow actually slowly fades to gray, and then when it all fades to black completely. Um, there seems to be some sort of buffer around where you currently are at to where the darkness seems to be encroaching in. And as you look at it for like 15 seconds, it does seem to be moving closer to your direction and starting to overtake some of this area. So you look around for a direction of where you might move further from the darkness, uh, perhaps closer to where a clue of where Malamar might be. And it's not difficult uh, with both of your eyesight uh, and high perceptions to see a cooking fire just over a ridge. And as you trudge through the snow for a few minutes, you crest a hill and you see, you see a small village. And uh, in that village there is, uh, well, it's not so much a village as it is a roaming camp. And uh, you see a lot of uh, people there. You see 
uh, old, young, uh, dogs uh, running about. and But at the forefront, you see a small half-orc girl who is sitting away from the town, so to speak. And uh, she's real close to you as she stares longingly at the village there. Uh, I'm going to just start kind of chatting with Lance as we approach so that she's not frightened or surprised by us coming up. I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, yes, it's it's terribly cold up here. Uh, I wish we could find somebody who knew a bit more about getting around in a place like this. What it's it's getting about? tough We're on my scale. mind. I don't know what you... What? Oh, yes. Uh, oh. Burr. Freezing. Yes, mm. I'm so cold-blooded. I'm a, I'm a lizard. Um, oh, what are you? Ah, yes. Oh, such a mistake to bring you here. <laughs> as you walk, as you walk closer to the little girl, you can tell that she's been crying, and uh, she rubs her eyes, and she she looks over at you as both of you are uh, approaching her, and she just says in a loud voice, "Are you here to stare at the freak?" And I say. Oh, uh, I suppose so, and I stare at myself. Pretty weird, aren't I? At least you have cool wings. Oh, but I don't have cool tusks like you. Those are pretty neat. I mean, most of my teeth have fallen out by now. Oh, and with that, she covers her face real quick, and she turns away from you, and she just sort of, like, sniffs. (laughs) Yeah, I know I'm weird, okay? Hmm, well, it sounds like you need a weirdo to hang out with, then. As you walk over and plop by beside little Malamara, with her tusks that are growing in, and uh, that are definitely not as long as they are now, but uh, in modern-day Malamara, but um, enough to affect uh, this young child. Um, she stares down at the village. <laughs> they all hate me down there, and I hate it. I don't want to go back. Hmm. Well, what's down there in the village? Everybody. Everybody who who thinks it's my fault. They think it's think it was me that caused the orcs to come all those years ago, and everybody whisper mean things to me, and I get pushed around, and I don't want to go back there. I wish I weren't so different. Mm. Is it only people down there who think it's your fault? There's no one down there who maybe thinks that you're just a little kid going through a hard time? Well, there's... There's my grandma and grandpa, but... They... They don't... They don't blame me. Mm. Grandma and grandpa, I bet they cook really good food. That's what grandparents do. Yeah, they do. Mm. I hate it when I get root soup, though. Oh, root soup. Uh, I've spent many a day out there just trying to forage off what I can. I've eaten more bugs than you could shake a stick at. (laughs) With those teeth? As she looks at your teeth and just, like, squints. Yes, they it, they kind of pop, and it's. I'm not going to get into the graphic details of what the sensation of eating a bug is like, but it's it's rough sometimes. And you know, when you find people who care about you enough to overlook how weird you are, you stick with them. But it's not enough. It's not enough. What about the times when I have to leave my tent? What about the times when I, I'm with the other kids? It's just not fair. It's just not fair. 
uh, her voice goes from little child to overpowering loud, just booming across the landscape as the clouds start to darken and you hear like thunder in the distance and that darkness seems to to pull closer to each of you. Lance Lance has been kind of standoffish. He just is still like Philippe was like, oh yeah, we're at a mind. Totally. And Lance is like, what the heck is happening? Like Lance is still kind of freaking out about it. But as he's kind of like getting more acclimated to the situation, Philippe kind of sitting down with little Mal and Lance will finally kind of like, he's been standing like a little bit distance away, like just off to the side. And Lance will just walk forward and kind of kneel down next to young Malamara and he'll, he'll reach out his hand. He'll say, Young child, may I see your hand? Why? What are you going to see my hand for? I mean, you say you're a freak. Is your hand like mine? Let's compare. As she holds her hand up to yours, she goes, Mine is green and tiny. And mine is very white and clammy. There are things, there are things we might want to change. But... You're not so very different. We all look different. We all act different. And you're right. It's not fair. But when you're alone, only one thought matters. Your own. And he'll like ball his his hand in a fist and kind of bring it into his chest. And he'll be like, I bet you're going to be very strong one day. And you use that strength inside doesn't matter what others say. It matters what you say. I forgot to do this with Fleeple, but uh, I'm going to have Fleeple and Lance both roll persuasion checks here to contribute to some... I'm pulling a, pulling some experience from uh, our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop. We mm. have a clock going on over here Ooh, uh, with say. Malamara. Yeah. So I, I want each of you to roll a persuasion check and uh, to see how many ticks we have on this clock. Yeah. And as Lance makes his sort of final statement there, I'm going to take a little sprig of mistletoe and just crush it in my claw and let the magic flow towards Mal and cast Heroism. Mm. Oh, all right. All right, Lance. That is going to be a... That's going to be a seven. Seven. I got a nine. Nine. All right. So that'll be... That will be two ticks of the clock due to your rolls. You just had to you had to pick a feat that we suck at. <laughs> <laughs> but the act, but the act of casting heroism, I'll I'll throw a free tick on there as well as you are expending your magic and energy onto there. Um, and as the magic courses through her, she holds on to what you said, Lance. He goes, "You're right. One day I'm gonna be strong." I'm going to be strong, and I'll show them. I'll show all of them that I don't need them. And as that, as she says that, she stands up with strength. And as soon as you see her stand up, it's almost like wiped away in front of you. And this, the wind blows around each of you. Fleeple and Lance, you're no longer standing in snow. But it seems like there is some chamber that you are in before getting to the next scene 
because that darkness fleeple, that perimeter, you see that that perimeter is slowly encroaching on you, but and it doesn't seem to like that has gone away. But you see the darkness like being pulled in. Before we get to you, we're gonna jump to Malamara right now. Sorry, before we jump to Malamara, mechanically, Ned, use I usually have state how many ticks there are on a clock so that you guys are aware, right? Generally, yes, but if it's something that you want to keep secret so it's a bit more tense, then uh, that's your prerogative. Okay. I'll, I'll keep it secret for now. Mal, as you're maintaining control here, you are visited. Groveling in the crowd. As that familiar voice that caused you so much pain seems to be speaking directly to you now. Is that the strength I gave you? Tell me it isn't true. Tell me you didn't do this. I have not done this. To what do you refer, my champion? Mal gestures behind her without looking at the pyres that she knows are behind her. This, the Kiev key, did you destroy them? Did you lie to me and let tell me that the orcs did it? Have you been lying to me this whole time? As you look up to him and see him in his full height, no mask, no cloak, wings curled behind him with his hands behind him as well but with his immense form standing before you. He glances up. Did I do this? And as he walks towards what you are gesturing. She'll follow. As you look at him, you see the destruction of the Kefki clan. Yes, but I don't recall doing this. And with one, as he raises one hand and he swipes in front of the landscape. The whole scene changes, and he sees a teenage Malamara practicing with a, a sword, practicing with a blade, with her brother, jovially, when all of a sudden uh, they're both ambushed with snowballs by the other kids, and the kids are focusing only on Malamara, and one of them challenges you and pushes you to the ground and just starts smacking you unfairly as you're crowding for cover as your brother is trying to protect you and help you and stop the other children. I don't recall doing this. As you, a bit older, see your grandfather solemnly walking back to the tent and you overhear him and your grandmother talking about how the clan is nervous they're scared as you are growing larger as a half orc the mothers of the clan are frightened that you will lash out that you'll be violent that their children are not safe with you and uh, the fear of Malamara in the Kefki clan uh, that she must be banished she must be uh, she must be sent to the orcs. She must be uh, rejected. And how your grandfather stood standing up for you has lost some position, lost some leadership in the clan itself. And I certainly don't remember doing this. As he swipes one more time to the vision you had 
not the vision, but the experience you had before your, the Kefki clan was attacked of the hunting party, isolating you and your brother away from them, saying uh, that they didn't want to hunt with you. And then the rage filling up inside you, Malamara, as you let loose and started attacking your brother of your own volition, of your own will. No, I don't believe I did any of this. As Mal watches all of these painful memories fly by as Air 2 is continually swiping them, she just bows her head and asks, Why me? Why did you choose to give the sword to me? I saw a broken individual. One who had lost everything and whose soul was cracked. As he lifts his two gigantic fingers, representing a tiny crack. When someone has cracked, there are only two options for them. They resolve to despair and hopelessness. And then with the other hand, he raises up, almost like an inviting palm face up reaching towards you. But before he reaches you, the sword magically appears in his hands. Or they can use that crack to their advantage and seize control of their destiny. I saw someone so broken that they could finally achieve their full potential. And now we're going to pause with that conversation in the middle of Air 2. We're going to jump to Lance and we're going to jump to Fleeple. As this landscape is just haunting you. It is currently where you're at. Dreary darkness out of the woods that magically spring up to the right of you. You see a younger Malamara break through the brush, panting, (sighs) holding onto her side as she seems to be a little bit injured. She looks to the two of you and she yells, Quick, we have to get away from here! They're coming! Uh, I'm going to rush up and pull out another sprig of mistletoe and cast a Cure Wounds on Malamara. Hey, as you do, full healing done to Malamara. Mal, your hit points are raised that much. How much is that? That is going to be 12 hit points. Nice. 12 hit points. Fleepo, I will need another religion check from you here. Ooh, boy. 22. 22. Great. Sounds good. And Malamara, she uh, turns to you and goes, Oh, thank you, but but we have to go. They're coming right now. Quickly. Who, who's coming? The monsters, of course. Monsters. And it's this time you hear growling and rumblings from behind. And you hear this force coming across uh, you and you have but moments to ask this question before breaking through the forest. These monstrous orcs come through the forest, chasing Malamara. But these are not the orcs you saw just before entering Malamara's soul. They are disfigured almost, in, in that they are too tall, and their arms are too strong, and they uh, are more bestial. <laughs> And they have eyes that glow a dark red crimson. And they yell. And there are 
three of them chasing Malamara with long, wicked weapons and these uh, jagged metal pieces that seem to be not only sticking out from their weapon, but some even from like their skin. With one of them pointing to Malamara, you will join us, sister. As the three of them charge towards you, ready for battle. That is where we're gonna end this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. Uh-oh. Ooh, man. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Dude, we couldn't even roll initiative? Come on, Thomas. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy that all Let's of this do that was next just time. written in Tyranny of Dragons. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is crazy. Soul it's sequence. a character. Yeah. I just pulled her from yeah. the pages. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Oh, great. This is a lot of fun. We'll see what happens on next week's episode and uh, uh, of iCast Fireball. But Ned, Jacob, Mickey, as always, thank you so much for joining this week. And listeners, thank you, especially you, for joining us on this fun, definitely written in the pre-generated module, Tyranny of Dragons, adventure of going into Malamara's soul. Uh, it's a ton of fun going on these fun uh adventures here to explore our characters backgrounds their trauma or uh what what fun stuff we might have here only in DD could trauma be fun to explore right maybe maybe not but anyway but regardless listeners thank you again for joining us if you like what we're doing please leave us a five-star review to let us know what you like and uh, uh help get this podcast into other people's recommended feeds. Uh, you can also reach out to us iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com where you can uh, let us know at a little bit longer uh, format than a review what you like, uh, what suggestions you may have for like a merch store or future episodes like Crunch Squad or things like that. Um, but we love hearing from you and love hearing what you're doing in your own games. You can also shoot out to uh, shoot us a message on at iCastFireball20 on our social media pages twitter facebook youtube uh instagram or you can go to our ko-fi page where you can uh shoot us a message uh and help support the show uh for instance uh jason went to our ko-fi account recently and uh, said the following and said episode 76 was such a wonderful rp episode followed by episode 77's combat brilliant work more 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 Jason, we're sending you four hearts as well, because thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on and encouraging us to move forward. So if you want to be shouted on this podcast, shoot us a message and we'll shout you out. All right. Uh, now we want to uh, shout out our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where I, as the DM, am pulling some inspiration from some other tabletop role playing systems there. The clock system, if you want to see that in play here, um, that is heavily being used in their current campaign, Blades in the Dow Fay, which is a wonderful Blades in the Dark actual play podcast. So go give them a listen, go give them a shout out, and don't forget to leave them a five star review on the way out. Lastly, don't get, forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers. But until next time, I'm Tom Shu DM, and around the table we have Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time.